Hi, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn, a storytelling game radio show featuring guests from the New York City Hive and beyond with theme music by Jasula. Find out more about her work at jasula.com. My God, it has been quite a February, hasn't it? It's just me today. Uh, So I thought I would take a moment to kind of check in with you. It's been a while since I've played a solo game. Um, And a lot has happened. We've had a lot of fantastic guests. And we're going to have many more coming up. But I just wanted to take a moment. Kind of check in. You can't answer me, but I hope you're doing well. I hope that you have found some games that you have enjoyed playing recently. But today I wanted to kind of settle in. We've had a lot of guests, we've had a lot of fun, but I wanted to check in with myself and kind of play and enjoy a solo tabletop role-playing game. You might not be aware of this, but actually there are solo tabletop games where you can play on your own and just tell a little story. That's what we're going to do today. Because... It's been very snowy in Brooklyn, and it's been beautiful. I love the the snow, you know, before it's been uh, peed on by a thousand dogs and uh, run over by a bunch of cars. Um, the places where it is um, untouched, just piled up snow in like you go to like a park or you go to kind of really any place where there aren't people walking around a ton. It's really, it's, it's, it's really beautiful. And speaking as someone who has only lived in Brooklyn for five years, I love snow. I love the way it looks. I love the, I love like the feel of it. Somehow being cold isn't as bad if there's snow outside. I don't know what that is. It's still really fucking cold out. But something about being outside when it, when there's snow on the ground or it's snowing, I'm not freezing. If there's no snow and it's really cold out, God fucking damn it, I hate it. <laughs> but um, something about snow, I love it. But, but, I have not seen green in several months. <laughs> there's something really special about a natural green. Um, maybe this this seems like a little weird to you, but I mean, who who in the city doesn't have seasonal affective disorder, am I right? So I think it makes sense to me. I miss, I miss trees with leaves. I miss grass. I miss dirt. I don't know. I miss kind of being able to connect with nature in that way as well. And that led me to find a game called Sapling Soul. Uh, Sapling Soul is a game that was created by Breathing Stories, a.k.a. Logan. Logan, thank you for creating this game. The premise of Sapling Soul is that you are the soul of a sapling. You belong to the forest, but the forest does not belong to you. It says here in the description of this game, Most days you lead an average life, not so different from your peers. But some days you hear the forest call and you answer. Always you answer. Tonight the forest calls to you again. There are always mysterious creatures in the forest, but tonight something is amiss. There is a newcomer who may cause trouble. You are a sapling soul. You are called to help. So it's basically a story about 
being in a forest, I think, and loving trees and protecting trees and I don't know, I'm into it. I kind of, I miss being able to go outside more often. I mean, I, I can, you can go outside with, with a mask on and, but it's crowded in the city and also it's cold. <laughs> it's snowing and it's beautiful, but it's cold. So I wanted to, to get a little bit of escapism out into the wilds of nature, away from people a little bit. And I hope that you'll join me as we tell the story. Um, I haven't read over the rules entirely before I started recording today. So I'm going to be learning this at the same time that you are. But the game says that it is actually pretty short. Um, and it only needs a couple of materials. So I figure let's just give it a shot. But before we give that a shot... You know what's coming. It happens every time. I have to tell you a couple of things that are going on at Radio Free Brooklyn and in the New York City area. So here you go. If you live in New York City and run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. For more information about the running tours and to see the list of neighborhoods and full tour schedule, check out their website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City and check out a live tour every Saturday at 10 a.m. on Instagram.com slash cityrunningtours. If you go out uh, and be among people, of course, you must wear a mask because the pandemic is, in fact, still happening as we speak. Also, in case you forgot, Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it has been for so many, 2020 was a difficult year for us financially, and every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax-deductible. Uh, please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. And thank you in advance. Also, if you're curious about what new shows are coming to Radio Free Brooklyn or just want to know what's going on with us, you should subscribe to our monthly newsletter and you can sign up for that at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash newsletter. All right, y'all. Shall we? I gotta limber up. I gotta tell a story for the rest of this hour. Ooh, stretching and stretching this way. Alrighty, y'all. Let's get into a bit of some greenery. As I mentioned before, we're going to be playing a game called Sapling Soul. It's a solo game. Um, apparently, it's a hack, uh, which means that someone uh, created this based off of a previous game. So it was it's a hack slash inspired uh, by Jamila R. Najati's we Forest 3, so maybe we'll check that out at another time, but we're doing Sapling Soul right now. So to play this game, I'm going to need a copy of the game. Check, have that. Some way of recording. Hey, what are we doing right here? And also a six-sided dice and a 20-sided die. So I have those with me. It says here that before you begin telling the story, you need to trust. You trust in the forest and its power. 
You cannot exactly say why, but you trust that when the forest calls you, it means you no harm and will even protect you. If you lose trust in the forest, bringing your trust to zero, you lose your nerve and flee. The forest will not call you again. Or maybe it will, but will you hear? Skip to losing trust if this happens. Roll two six-sided dice and add three. This is how much trust you have. Note this in your journal somewhere. Easily acceptable. Note that this number will change. Okay. Okay, it looks like we got a little statistic going on here. So let me roll those 2d6 and add three to figure out how much trust we're starting with. This is interesting. Uh, let's see, that's a six plus three is nine. Okay, I've written that down. Now, to create your sapling soul, I must, you must answer the following questions. So let's see, what is our name? <laughs> you know, in a way, I kind of want to put myself in the story. I don't know if I want to put in a fake character for the story because I really want to go into a forest right now. So I think I'm going to use my own name and just use myself as the character. So uh, my name is Aaron. Next question. What does the forest call you? Hmm. So I don't know types of birds, but the forest calls me the sound of a particular type of bird. And if you live in New York City or on the northern east coast, you've probably heard this bird. Um, they have this lovely sound, which I usually hear like in the afternoon to late evening time of day. It's this kind of, it's this bird call that kind of dips down. Yeah, it kind of like, it kind of dips down in this repeating fashion. And um, that sound has always been kind of peaceful to me, to be honest. Um, if I can find a recording of that anywhere on the internet, I will put it here for you. But yeah, so that's what the forest calls me. Let's see, how does the forest call to you? So this is a little bit more complicated. How does the forest call to me? Um, it's a feeling deep in the pit of my gut. The forest calls to me with this kind of rooted connection to uh, me and my, my being, my soul. That's how the forest calls to me. I feel it. It's like a pulling down feeling. Okay. On to the next page. It says, as a sapling soul, you bear three main attributes. Empathy, which is your ability to connect with the creatures of the forest, to calm and commune with them. Nurture, which is your ability to connect with the plants and trees of the forest, to remember what they are and what they can do. Lord. Um, okay. And unknowable, which is your ability to lose yourself in the presence of the forest and channel its raw energy. Perhaps it's magic. Perhaps it is more unknowable. I like that. I'm cool with magic. Okay, so these are stats as well, it looks like. So we need to roll three six-sided dice and add them together. And that is 
So, and looks like this is a stat as well. So we need to roll three six-sided dice and the sum of that will be one stat and then we do it again for the other two. So I'm just going to set this up really quick. Okay, I've got my three stats here. It looks like I have an empathy of 11, a nurture of 15, and an unknowable of 13. So pretty good, actually. Pretty good rolling on my part. That doesn't always happen on this show. At times, it seems, we'll be asked to test our abilities. And to do this, we'll have to roll a 20-sided die, which we have. Uh, and then if you roll equal to or under your value, you succeed. Or if you roll over the value, you fail. Cool, 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 cool. What else we got here? Let's see, it says, most of the creatures in the forest are ambivalent to you. You are just another creature of the forest to them. But some creatures are more hostile. Oh no. Anytime you draw the attention of the haunted, you may be asked to mark a strike. Once you gain three strikes, the haunted have found you. Skip by hunted by haunted to resolve this. Yikes. One last thing here. Here's a little page. Safety tools. This game is meant to be difficult, but there's a chance you will not make it through. Okay. That is okay, the manual says. Even failure is a story. If you are ever uncomfortable, please pause the game or leave it if you have to. Those stories are important. Your well-being is more so. Now, take a breath. It's time to tell a story. Ooh, it's like narrated. Okay, let me narrate what it says here for you. You have heard the forest's call and you enter now. A sense of calm comes over you, a familiar feeling that settles comfortably on your shoulders. A sense of otherness also settles. It is hard to describe, but it makes you feel more, more here, more present, more powerful, more a part of something. Take 1d6 and roll to discover what the forest looks like when you enter. Alrighty. Let's check that out. I got a five. Okay, so on a five it says, The forest is unsettlingly quiet. There is no wind and no sound of the creatures within. When you enter, the forest stays silent. Not a word of greeting. Something is wrong. Oh no. My precious forest. But there's more. The forest is large, this says, perhaps never ending. But that's only sometimes. How do you know which way to go? Um, looks like I have to roll another six-sided dice here, so let's roll that. I got a three. The change in the forest is obvious to you, but the location of the cause is not. Surrounded by nature, the change is so unnatural it disorients you for a moment. Test your nurture to see if you can glean information from your surroundings. Oh boy. Alright, here we go. First roll. Well, first 20-sided roll. Um, no. Well, no, I got a three. And the point is to roll equal to or under. And my nurture stat is 15. Aha, so I succeed. I'm so used to low numbers being a fail, but actually this is a good thing. Great. So, on a succeed, you manage to orient yourself with newfound information. Nice. The forest is ever-changing, but you know which way to go for now. 
And we roll a six-sided dice again. That's a five. Uh, a satyr, ooh, fuck yeah. A satyr spots you on your way and offers themselves as a guide. They walk beside you and play a soft but powerful tune on their wood instrument. They lead you to a clearing with several other creatures and you dance among them for a time. With a start, you realize you've been here too long. You don't know how long you've been dancing. You must make up for lost time somehow. Yikes. Um, I feel like I need to be commentating on more of this. Um, I mean, I've made it into this forest, but it's quiet now and strange and disorienting and something is really different here. And on top of that, the beings that I want to trust, I don't know whether they tricked me or if I was just so happy to find something familiar because I'm pretty sure I've seen satyrs before. Okay, well, let's see what happens next. Though you've been here many times, you still find new things on each visit. Tonight you stumble upon some ruins. Ooh, stones toppled while gates stand strong. You know you must pay respects here. Okay, roll another six-sided die. Got a five. You feel the presence of the forest fill you, causing your heart to leap in your chest. Your blood pumps faster through your veins. You can almost hear it. Your whole body starts to vibrate with raw power. Test your unknowable to channel the forest power and restore this ruin. Oh, fuck yeah, we're about to do some magic. Oh, man, I love this. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> As a real person, I would absolutely love to have magic. So this is really fun for me. Let's roll our 20-sided die. Please succeed, please succeed, please succeed. Shit. Come on. Uh, just let me do magic. God damn it. Rolled a 17. Um, and my unknowable stat is a 13. So I failed. So now I have to roll on the failure table. God damn it. I got a 6. Let's see what happens because I failed. You feel yourself tire quickly in your task. Your muscles ache as if you'd carried a huge weight up a hill. The next time you take a test, roll twice and take the higher number. Ah, oh, damn it, I'm at disadvantage for a test. Damn, you know, I bet I was overeager. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's definitely something that I do. I, like, desperately want to, like, um, do magic and, like, do all this cool stuff. And sometimes I... I really jump head in before I know what I'm doing. Um, and sometimes that works great, you know? Like with the show, I've, like this show that you're listening to right now, Gameplay Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn, um, I, I kind of jumped in and I had an idea of what I wanted to do, but this show has changed a lot over the uh, year and a half that I've been a steward for it. So um, it's been interesting. So honestly... It makes too much sense that I would uh, not be able to handle the magic. But hey, maybe the roll of the dice will help me out later. Let's see. You move deeper into the forest, the world outside long gone now. Soon you hear the sound of water droplets and find yourself in front of a lake. It is small, no larger than your own height in any dimension. No matter how much you try to walk by it, it remains in front of you. 
Spooky. Let's roll again. We got a two that time. The water shimmers even in the dim light. You recognize the signs of a water naiad. Their movements indicate distress. Test your empathy to reach and calm them. Oh no. Poor little distressed naiad. I got a 13. What's my empathy? Oh wait, I'm at disadvantage anyway, so I should roll again, but I already failed. Let's roll. Well, that would have been better, but again, I already failed because I rolled a 13 and my empathy is 11. Uh, this forest is not being kind to me today. Alright, let's see what happens on the failure table this time. I got a 3, which means, oh boy, frustration rises in you, a cry threatening to loose itself from your throat. Just like that, the lake is gone. You stand alone. Roll 1d6 and lose that much trust. Oh, man. Oh, just one. Okay. So we're at eight trust now. <sighs> I guess that Nyan just really couldn't accept my help or maybe didn't want it in the first place. Very frustrating either way. Let's see what happens now. Ooh, we're getting creepy now. The haunted chitter and cackle, cruel laughter forcing its way between their sharp teeth. They don't belong here. The forest wants them gone. You hear them above you, behind you, beside you, calling out to the other creatures of the forest. Their voices turn sickly sweet, pleading for aid. Let's roll, baby. You got a five. The chittering fills your ears, grating and jarring. It fills your mind, but the presence of the forest fills your soul. You know the forest is vaster, deeper, stronger. Test your unknowable to scream right back at them. Ooh, that sounds epic. Please work this time. Yes, we did it. I rolled an 11 and my unknowable stat is 13. So that is a success, my friends. Let's go to the success table. Ooh, I love saying that, the success table. Let's see what happens. I got a three again. You feel the tide turn and push back in your victory. You know their weakness now. You collect yourself as they flee to their master, feeling more prepared. When you meet the intruder and roll a test of empathy, nurture, or unknowable, roll twice and take the lower number. Hey, we got an advantage. Pretty good to me. Let me write that down. Okay, so here's the way I'm seeing this so far. I've been called to this forest, and everything is wrong. I'm lost in it, which is unusual for me, because I know this forest deep in my soul. The satyrs distracted me from my task. Who knows what damage could have been done in the process. The naiads don't believe in me or are incapable of expressing themselves in their distress, leading me to frustration. And all of this is happening and everything, everything of the nature that is the forest is overwhelming me. And then the haunts had set in. And in my frustration out of everything that has happened so far this day, I call to the forest, tap into it with my soul and scream 
I mean, it says to scream right back at them. And in fact, I think it sounds like a great idea to just open my arms wide and just scream at them with all of my might. Let's see what happens now. Ooh, the intruder grows weary of your interference, equal parts bored and enraged by it. All the shadows of the forest begin to bend as the intruder pulls them, yanks them from their places. All creatures heave against the change as part of them is ripped away. Ugh, sounds horrible. Let's roll. Got a five. Ooh, let go. Let go of your shadow and become something else. Sacrifice your shadow and let the presence of the forest fill the void it will leave. Test your unknowable to survive the change. Well, I don't think we've met the intruder yet. So I don't think this counts for the advantage. So let's just roll straight. I got a seven. Yes. And my noble is 13, so that's a success. So let's go to the success table and see what happens. We got a six. Let's see. Your presence is known here. Your connection to the forest is palpable. The creatures of the forest know you. The trees know you. And your movements are such that the haunted now know you too. Mark one strike. Whoa. That doesn't sound good. Is that a strike on me or a strike on them? <laughs> like, is that, a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um... I'm actually not sure. Let me just check really quick. Oh. No, a three, uh, the strikes are a bad thing. So the strikes mean that um, the haunted are can, can find me now. Man, my success is back has backlashed. But also, just to embellish a little bit, uh, the way I'm picturing, um, I have become something else. I have sacrificed my shadow and the forest is filling the void it will leave. Yeah. It is filling the void that my um, shadow will leave by kind of imbuing my essence with this kind of ancient slow, like slowness, like the slowness of time, of growth. And so now the air around me has this feeling of like, viscosity if that makes sense it has this texture to it that the forest has filled in in the absence of my shadow and i am no longer just a mere human i am now something else but the haunted can now find me easier now so we'll see what happens you're close now you can feel it the rippling of shadows was a final attempt to prevent you from getting this far the haunted are thick in the trees here, chittering and cackling down at you, but they don't stop you. You soon reach the intruder's lair, a huge hollowed out tree of sickly yellow color sitting alone in a small clearing. All around it is the writhing mass of stolen shadows like a sinister shroud. You climb up the tree and clamber into the hollow entrance. As you land inside, you realize it is deceptively spacious here. Roots stick up from the ground and vine drape from the walls. 
that reach so high it ends in only darkness. You enter gingerly, eyes dotting around. Too late, you hear movement from above, and the intruder descends on you, swooping down to meet you. He has wings made of shadow, so dark they are like a void. His face looks young, but his two green eyes are old and callous. His smile is too wide, not inviting, but menacing. Ooh. He does not belong in the forest, but he is old and wild enough to. Let's see what he wants. Four. He has bent this sickly tree to his will, but surely this old being has some fight in it yet. Together, maybe you can throw him out. Test your nurture one last time. Okay, we've met the intruder, so now we get an advantage on this roll. Let's see how this goes. Okay, that was an eight, that's good. Well, an eight and a 12 both succeed because my nurture is a 15. I rolled really well, you guys. Um, let's go to the success chart here. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Got a five. The intruder struggles against you for a long time, but you can see his heart is not in it. Eventually, he leaves himself vulnerable, and you see an opportunity to harm him deeply. You pause a moment, remembering the damage to the forest when you entered, the traps, the trickery, the theft. You take the opportunity. And here's, how, and here's what the opportunity looks like. The opportunity. I this not-quite-human-being-anymore pours my, my, my forest essence into the tree, and together we dig into the roots underneath this, this powerful old spirit, this tree, and shoot it up at this uh, intruder and stab him right through the heart. And I damage him deeply. You leave the sickly tree, clambering back out the way you came in. As you reach the edge of the clearing, you look back one last time and see already the tree beginning to heal. Nice. The power of the forest is reclaiming it, restoring things to how they should be. You have accomplished what the forest has asked of you. You have answered the call. The forest is not grateful, but is pleased with you. You belong to the forest, but the forest does not belong to you. It is much, much bigger than you are. Much more. It is up to you what you do now. Tie up any loose ends, ask any questions you have, but you must return to your mundane life soon. You have done well, sapling soul. You are part of something, and even though you leave the forest behind for today, the weight of its power and the feeling of its presence remain like a comforting mantle. You belong to the forest. Well, that was really exciting. <laughs> um, I got really into it. I really like how it's narrated and everything. Um, and I, I really like that it's, it's really just a way for you to kind of dive in and explore a story um, and to really kind of think about things in that way. I think I got really into um just the narration and the and the and the um and the prose that was already on the page in front of me, I have to admit. Um so I kind of feel like I want to explore a little bit of it again. And since we have some time, how would y'all feel about starting over with me? 
Well, I hope that you're into it because that's what I'm going to be doing. So, um, let's, you know, obviously the forest can call again, um, and it can call and this can be like a series of adventures. Think of it like an episodic television show or something where I am a soul connected to the forest and I must go whenever it calls. So, um... Let's, let's go for it again. Let's do kind of a little miniature exploration here. And maybe we'll roll some dice. We'll get some different options here. And um, who knows if we reach the intruder, maybe we will um, kind of spice it up a little bit with the language. Let's see. Um, so we're starting over again. And we have heard the forest call. And we enter now. Uh, that sense of calm is coming over me again as I enter this forest, and now I am here, present, powerful, and a part of something. And I step into this forest feeling this power again, uh, possibly even reconnecting to that sense of otherness that I experienced from being not quite human the last time that I was here, because last time I was here I lost my shadow. I assume I gained it back after I defeated that intruder, but maybe the connection between me and my shadow has always been a little tenuous since then. Maybe I've been able to do things with my shadow that could not be done before with the length and the distance between us. But here I am back in the safety of the trees, but it doesn't look the same. How does it look? Let's roll a dice. I got a four. Ooh. The trees are frozen in place, this says. It's like time simply ceased around them. Leaves hang at gravity-defying angles. Bark hangs in the air. Nearby animals shriek in their confusion. The stronger trees hold on to time and warn you of the green-eyed intruder. Ooh, bizarre. As I step into this place, maybe I even feel the, the freezing, the frozenness of time pulling at the strands of my hair as I walk away from it, as my hair tries to stay in place behind me, but I am strong enough to keep going. Um, and I hear the story of the green-eyed intruder, and I know that my forest needs me again. It needs me to write the change in growth of time. As I was connected to the chain of growth of time, the last time I was here, I know how powerful it is and how important. And the fact that it has been frozen in time is terrible. Let's see, how do we know which way to go? Got a three. Which means that we have to test our nurture again to see if we can glean the information from our surroundings. So... Because everything is so still, perhaps we don't understand it. We, and it's harder to figure out which way to go. I got a 13. And my nurture is 15, so that's a success. So let's roll on the success table. I got a 5. Oh, another satyr? Well, <laughs> apparently I uh, get offered... Help from a satyr again. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if I trust satyrs anymore. And honestly, probably when the satyr shows up, uh, it takes a lot of effort for them to convince me to go with them. 
because last time they totally like waste you know like they totally like made me waste a lot of time with all of their partying which is bizarre in the middle of a frozen forest but maybe they found like a safe pocket of time um, or maybe they found a moment in time well you know now that I think about it if I didn't trust it before the satyr could probably logistically say that time has no meaning for this forest right now. So why not party? <laughs> um, I'm sure the, the powerful song on the satyr's instrument helps along with that as well. So I probably, after leaving, feel a little bit guilty as I step back into my forest where everything is so, so still. Let's check out some ruins, because as we're wandering along, maybe we find a different set of, of ruins, stones toppled while the gates stand strong. There are a number of different places as such in this forest, because after all, the forest is vast and ever-living, and many individuals have rested here. It looks like a few strange plants grow here, peeking out from fallen debris. They made some sort of pattern before the damage disrupted their shape. Test your nurture to discern the pattern and replant it. Let's see. I got a 15, which is in fact my nurture stat and you have to get equal to or under. So that's a success. So let's roll on the success table. We got a two. So as we take this kind of strange plant, it looks like it's almost like this white color with these kind of red uh, bumps on it, usually indicating some sort of poisonous feature. I still care for all of these. And as long as I don't eat the plant, I assume I will be fine. So. I plant this back into a um, into the ground and try to help it grow. And as I do so, uh, I feel a sense of peace descend on me, which is on the success table. And you have done well here. Uh, your purpose is clear and your ability assured. Roll 1d6 and gain that much trust. Cool. Well, it was a 1, but I'll take it. So my trust is back at 9. Sweet. So, still managing to do some good here. As we're moving forward... Oh, it's that lake again. I wasn't able to help them before, but maybe I'll be able to now. Let's see. On a five, you enter the water, slipping into its depth. It is shallow enough for you to stand, though one moment the water reaches your chest and the next, your chin. Test your unknowable as you wash your face in the water and see what you can learn. Taking the up close and personal approach to this, this time. Maybe before I was just trying to listen with my ears when really, because it's water, I needed to listen with my body. Uh, but I still failed because I rolled a 16 and my and my unknowable is 13. So let's see. 
on the fail table for this. Uh, this time, the water of the lake turns thick and sluggish, a trap set by the intruder. You haul yourself away, the muck coating you and marking you for their hunt. Mark one strike. Well, shit. I'll leave this up with, uh, I had one strike from the last hunt. Um, so now I have two. So, uh, the water of the lake is thick and sluggish. I enter it to try to, I'm trying to do, to do better, to try again. You know, I'm having this opportunity and I go in and the water turns thick and sluggish and I have to haul myself away and I, and I have this, this, muck on me that it's like sticking to my skin and my clothes and my hair and it's just it's everywhere and I feel terrible and I feel terrible and confused and wary of the fact that this other intruder seemingly knew of my previous visit here and of my previous attempts to be unable to help this water naiad and as I am wandering through the forest, now on alert because the haunted are, have marked me, they have found me. Their voices are above, behind, beside, calling to the other creatures. Let's see how I try to fight them. The creatures of the forest are fooled by the haunted's honeyed words, regarding them as innocent and in need of protection. The trees are wiser than that. They may be your only allies. Test your nurture to speak to the trees and have them help you. Even while frozen, the creatures... Well, maybe the creatures get unfrozen to attack, but let's test your nurture to see what happens. I got a seven. Hell yeah, that's a success. Okay, so with a success, let's roll on that there table. That's a two on the success table. As you intercept on the forest's behalf, you feel its presence almost like an embrace around you. You are brave, you are strong, you are at home. Roll 1d6 and gain that much trust. Okay, I got two more trust there, so now we're at 11. So, as I look to the trees, I am overwhelmed by these sounds of pleading and these creatures' horrible shrieks, and as I reach the trees, I put my hand on one of their trunks, and I can feel the power resonating in this wise old tree. Um, and this tree, seemingly knowing my, my discomfort, kind of supports me and, and gives me strength and grounding that I need to, 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 fight, to fight back to ignore and present myself as a safe place and not dangerous to the other creatures of the forest. And with this kind of wonderful sensation of being comforted by this beautiful, intelligent tree, I feel great. Let's carry on, see if we can do some more fighting to protect this tree. Mama tree. So the intruder is now pulling all of the shadows again. Maybe it's the previous intruder's cousin. <laughs> so you know what? Instead of shadows, instead of shadows, it's colors, because this is a green-eyed intruder who manipulates time 
and has haunts. I'm going to say it's it's sapping of colors and sapping of life and potential. So let's see what we got here. Let's see what we're gonna have to do. We got a three. Every leaf on every tree looks moments from being torn away. Every branch looks moments from snapping and only the strongest and oldest trees hold their roots firm. Kneeling at the base of the oldest tree you can find, you thrust a hand into the dirt beneath your feet as stray clumps rain down on you. If you can get through to this old wise tree, perhaps the others will be strengthened too. Let's test our nurture to ground the trees. Ah, shit. Got a 19. That's a fail. That's over my uh, regular score. All right. Um, it's just not, it's just not working. You know, the, the trees, these, these ancient trees are more used to supporting me and don't, maybe don't understand or don't uh, trust me or believe in my capability to support them and remind them of themselves. They've lost too much already in this battle against this green-eyed intruder. Let's see what happens on the failed table. For a moment, all your senses dull. Light isn't as vibrant, smell isn't as rich, taste isn't as strong, sound isn't as sharp, touch isn't as firm. Perhaps you aren't as strong as you thought you were, but you're still here and you're still fighting. When you roll your next test, you must face extra consequences. That is, if you succeed the test, first roll 1d6 as if you had failed, and then roll for your success. If you fail the test, you must take both consequences. Oh, so we just fail no matter what. Okay, well. So, as I'm feeling the... I mean, it feels, it feels pretty terrible. Because um, as I, I'm feeling this poor ancient wise tree kind of lose its hold on the ground, as it loses its it, as it loses its grip on reality, so do I, and I find myself lost and dulled and more confused about who I am and what I'm doing, and more doubtful. But I was called here for a reason, wasn't I? I have to keep going. We continue traveling into this forest, um, deeper into the center, into the heart of this forest, um, and the haunted are, again, thick in the trees here, chittering and cackling down. And I, I can't help but think of the cycle of all of this and the way that I was here before, and this happened before, and yet I'm still here, and everything is an ever-repeating cycle. Will I be able to succeed this time? I'm not sure. And... I'm going to enter the intruder's lair, which we'll say this time is this uh, hollowed out kind of almost like crater, like an ancient meteor crater in the ground um, of the sickly yellow color. And there are these like writhing mass of stolen, these stolen colors that are just overwhelming my senses with their, with their brightness and their kind of vicious energy. And... As I clamber down into this basin, I realize that there is the intruder climbing out from the mass of color 
and they have these, um, at this point I'm just creating shit, uh, <laughs> and they have these, um, these, like, legs, like, spidery legs that have attached themselves to his back, and they are colorful and cartoonish as if he just made them himself from the power of the forest. Um, and those green eyes, again, old and callous, and perhaps a little vengeful. He does not belong to the forest, but he is old and wild enough to. Let's see what we're going to do to this bastard. We got a five. No. No, this ends here. The intruder is a blight on the power and beauty of the forest, taking what he wants with no care. The presence of the forest is old within you. It can hold much anger and might. Test your unknowable one last time. Come on. Come on. We can do this. We can do it. Yes! We got a four. We got a four. We got a four. We got a four. That's a success, um, but we also are feeling pretty shitty because a lot of our veracity was taken out of us by the intruder's original attack. I don't know why I'm singing that. Essentially, we have to enact the rules from before where we still have to roll on the fail chart and then roll on the success chart. So we both fail and succeed in this moment. Let's see. On the fail chart, we got a five. You struggled. You struggled so hard, pushing every limit you've ever had. You've overcome every obstacle, every threat. You can't stop now. Here in this sick basin, this sick forest, you are surrounded by the intruder's domain. You feel suddenly very alone. Eventually, the intruder falls. He is not as grown as you. But even after you leave the clearing, that alone feeling persists just a little. Roll 1d6 and lose that much trust. Four. Alright, we're at a seven for trust. But let's, let's roll on the success chart as well. See how the success is. That's a six. Again, the intruder struggles against you for a long time, but you can see his heart is not in it. Eventually, he leaves himself vulnerable, and you see an opportunity to harm him deeply. You pause a moment, remembering the damage to the forest you entered, the traps, the trickery, theft, and you take the opportunity. So, this has been a harsh sequel to our adventure into the forest. Um, so much has happened. So much struggle, so much confusion, so much repetition, so much loss. Um, the forest tried to comfort you, or the forest tried to comfort us, tried to comfort me, but was unable to be comforted by me. They wouldn't trust me enough to take care of this. Uh, they called for my aid, but at the end of the day, they didn't think I was enough for this place. Um, and I proved the forest wrong. I proved the intruder wrong. This place is my home. I am connected to the forest. It does not belong to me, but I belong to it. 
And I, despite the questioning inside of me, I knew I had this heart. I knew I had this connection to this force and I was going to fight for it, for them, for me, for us. And when the intruder leaves himself vulnerable, I, I grab one of his uh, spidery legs and I pull it with all I might, my might in a flipping motion and flip him onto his back back and then as he is there as he is lying there I put my my I stand over him and I put my foot on his chest and one by one I release the colors and the life of the forest back into it by pulling the legs off of him and releasing him from its power and the forest is returns to normal but where do I stand in this forest I still love it. I still believe that our connection is important and valuable. But did we dedicate too much to each other? Did I dedicate too much? Did I believe that I really was the only savior that this forest could ever have? Were there others who could also do this work? Were there others I should seek out? Am I... Should I really be doing this alone? And so, I leave the meteor crater, clambering back out the way I came in. I look back one last time, and the crater's still there, but life is starting to grow there again. The power of the forest is reclaiming it, restoring things to how they should be. I have accomplished what the forest has asked of me, and I have answered the call. The forest is not grateful, but it is pleased with you. You belong to the forest, but the forest does not belong to you. It is much bigger than you are, much more. You've done well, sapling soul. You are part of something. And even though you leave the forest behind for today, the weight of its power and the feeling of its presence remain like a comforting mantle. You belong to the forest. Wow. Um, wow. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't even know what to say. I was so... What kind of a heartbreaking ending? Not for the forest, but for, but for my fantasy me to kind of have this power and this comfort and this kind of change perspective on the relationship with the forest because obviously fantasy me still and still belongs to this forest but I think in this second adventure I really learned that the forest does not belong to me the forest is not my mother the forest is an entity that grows and and belongs to everyone it belongs to the earth, it belongs to itself, it belongs to anyone who enters its forest without intention to harm it. And that is a harsh, a, a rough place to be if the question is, 
are you trying to support this thing on your own? And should you find people, find a group to connect with over this love? Um, I think that's actually something that I could really think about in other circumstances as well. Couldn't you? Well, I'm glad I played that a second time. Um, I think I was into it the first time, but I'm especially into it now. I think we're going to leave it here with these thoughts. Um, thank you for being here on Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. If you want to listen to any of our other episodes... You can go to the Radio Free Brooklyn website or find our recordings wherever you find podcasts. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we have our main one that's at Gameplay RFB or just me and my musings, which is at Aaron is a bird. That's E-R-Y-N is a bird. Thank you again to Logan who created Sapling Soul. It's a great game. We'll talk to you guys next time, where we'll have a group from the Brooklyn Public Library, some teens. We're going to have some teens in here playing some Dungeons and Dragons, and then more excitement in the month of March. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Bye. Bye.